you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. All right, I got a cool sermon today, and it is called The Song of Ascent. Will you all stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's Word? Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Simon said, stand up. Here we go. Uh, This is uh, out of Psalms 122. There is nine verses. I'm going to read to you real quick. And it starts out by saying this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And, And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. And all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrims here. They come and they give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. And for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Man, this is a cool one. I'm excited about this. What we're going to do is we're going to do a song of ascent several times this year. Every time that we have a family service, we're going to do a song of ascent. Why? Someone said why. Say why. Why? why? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, because uh, a song of ascent, uh, there are 15 songs of ascent in Scripture. They are all poems or songs that would literally be sung amongst the people of Israel on their journey back to Jerusalem. And so what happened that is different than our culture, which is important, that we define culture amongst our families, amongst our friends. And the way you do that, the way a a job or a company would define its culture is they have values that they talk about a lot. You know what we value as a church? We value the Word of God. We value the Holy Spirit. We value giving we, we, generosity, we value relationships. And because we value these things, we talk about them every week because we don't want anyone to not know what we care about. In your home, there are things that you value, whether you realize it or not, that are being said without being said at all. Sometimes it's being yelled. Sometimes it's being screamed. Sometimes it's being forgotten. Sometimes we don't realize, we, we don't worship television but we do. There are things that are being said that are priorities in our life that we don't realize is being said. Now, back in when this day was written, you need to know that these songs of ascent, these 15 songs, were written and sung amongst the families on their journeys back to Jerusalem because three times a year, all the people of Israel were required to come back to the temple to celebrate several feasts. These feasts were traditions that they would do over and over. They would make a lot of memories over these things with their family. We have Christmas. But what's really funny is Christmas is open to interpretation, and it looks different amongst every family here. We have no tradition. Easter is a tradition, and it looks different amongst every family. But with the Jews, everything was the same. 
They read the same things. They said the same things. They did the same things. They remembered the same things. But it was practiced with each other's family for a reason to make sure that we had these values, these memories, and they were deeply rooted into the culture of the people. So the three feasts that they would always come back home for, and remember, going back home isn't like getting in your car and driving to Orlando. It was like getting on a donkey and walking for a long time and putting their stuff and all their belongings. And it was a journey to go back to Israel. And I don't know where you live. Maybe you live just outside the city. Maybe you lived a few hundred miles away. But we all came home for three feasts. We came home for Passover. We came home for, uh, for Shabbat. We came home for the Feast of Tabernacles. And so what the, the Passover was when they celebrated uh, the 10 plagues of Israel and how God delivered them from the Egyptians. Uh, the Shabbat was the Feast of Weeks. It was a celebration where they would honor that the, the, the law was given to Moses and, and all of the commandments that was given to them. They would celebrate the Feast of Weeks. Sometimes they would stay up all night long just reading the Torah. They would stay up all night long, just, read, just wanted to make sure that it was just being read because they were so thankful to have it in their culture. And, and, and then the, the last one was the Feast of Tabernacles. They, they, would, they, would, they would go back to Israel, but they would sleep in tents to remember what it was like for them to travel in the wilderness because they had been delivered from Israel. And so they, they would have these deep things where like, we used to be slaves, but we're not slaves anymore. We're free people, and we're so thankful that God, let's go set up our tent. And uh, they would have these meals in there and these deep stories as they, as they went through the Word of God. And it would help establish their culture. It would help establish vision. It would help establish who they were. And so this song that I just re read to you, uh, I'm, let me sing it to you. I, I actually got, I, I heard how the song goes this morning. It goes, I was glad when they said to me. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how the song goes. I just was joking. Just joking. It just came to me. Uh, but anyways, I can't sing at all. And if y'all are new here, I apologize right now. Um, uh, and so anyways, um, what, what is important is on these journeys, these 15 songs would be sung and then explained. You have to understand the way this journey would go. Some of you uh, drove through a tornado watch to come to church today. Uh, but if it was raining when you came, you understand it, it wouldn't, they it, it, it didn't have a car uh, they didn't have windshield wipers on their donkey. You know what I mean? Like they just walked and they walked and the kids would walk and walk and, and, and it was just rough. Grandma had to come and you know, it was like whatever was going on, like we, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. Why? Because we want to honor the Lord. And, uh, and so this first verse, let me read this passage to you. The scripture says, uh, it, it was, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now here we are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. And all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, are making their pilgrimage here. They would sing this song. Now what's important to you know is that we don't mean to get off track. We just drift. And we drift because we don't have things that we do consistently as people where we habitually remember things that we value, like getting back to the house of the Lord. Now, they, they would celebrate the Lord every week. They would celebrate the Sabbath, and they would make sure that no one worked. We sat home. We relaxed. We rested. We prayed together as a family. We read scriptures in our home. We went to the local synagogue. 
But a couple times a year, we're going to make the track to sing the songs and go and honor the Lord. And what we need to make sure is that we're sacrificing on our way to the Lord. We want to be consistently in the house of God. I say all that to say this. The first thing that stands out to me is priority. In this passage here, the people of Israel made it a, 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 a priority in their life to make sure that they knew where they were going to end up because of their priorities in their life. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Stop. You have to understand Israel, the country of Israel, still exists on the map today, but all of its surrounding countries hates them, not today, but always. They have been at war by this country, and then this country, and then this country, and then this country, and then this country. But these countries don't have a great history of fighting each other. They have a great history of fighting Israel. And why has Israel not been beaten? Why have they not changed? All of these countries have fallen and changed and become different nations. But Israel remains the same because their traditions created deep roots in their culture that says we, are, we know who we are, we know what we value. There are people here that value certain things, and we don't know why we drifted. We don't know what happened in our marriage. We don't know what went wrong with our kids. We don't know what, how we ended up not having this money in our bank. We don't know how we ended up not. In a, we just got here, and I don't like where we are. And how you make that right is you make priority happen in your lives. Y'all with me? First point today is I see them talking about priority. So after these songs would be sung, grandpa or dad would explain the songs to the kids. Well, as I was reading this week, there are certain things that I found. I, I'm not a big fan of the University of Alabama, I have to admit. Not, not really a big fan. But there was some studies done there in the University of Alabama by a guy named Nick Stinson. And um, he, he said there are six things that a families do consistently if they um, are healthy. Healthy families do these six things consistently. I'm just going to throw these out there. These aren't the notes from this sermon, but they line up oddly very much similar to what I'm about to say. First thing that a family does is they make priority for each other. So sometimes in our culture, we think that we prioritize our family because I go to work. But please understand, you're going to have to work regardless Priority means we turn everything else off and we look at each other and we have conversation. That's important in our homes. Guys, we got to turn screens off when we talk. Second thing is we express appreciation and affection for one another. So in our family, I want you to know that I know it looks, you guys see Pastor Jim all the time, you're like, that guy's perfect. He does nothing. I know you guys look at him all the time, you're like, I wish I could just be just like him. We have issues in our family also. I mean, I, it's my wife most of the time. It's not me. I mean, it's she, her, her. But in the culture of our home, sometimes the kids can bicker, and the, the atmosphere in our, whole, in our home gets yucky. You ever seen anything like this? Maybe you don't have kids and you're not married, but you remember it from your childhood. We just get off base. We lose sight of what we value. Does this make sense? And so we have to call timeouts in our family, and we have huddles where we talk about things that mean something to us. And we start off by making sure that everyone says something that they love about someone else in our home. Because we want to take the you, 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 and turn it into you, you. 
and it treat okay appreciation and kindness uh, share positive communication with each other spend time together have a vacation go somewhere go camping go 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 on a bicycle ride go walk in the nature go do so watch a movie together snuggle like but make it a family moment uh, and then uh, nurture spiritual well-being. Make sure that you pray for one another and you talk with one another. And the last is create goals together. Share your heart, your dream, things that you want to see happen and hold each other accountable to those things. One person says, oh, I want to lose weight. And the kids are like, Dad, remember when you said you weren't going to eat that? And you're like, no, you're grounded. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I never said that. Um, uh, and so anyways, um, I'm sorry, I'm weird. Okay, I'm going to get back to uh, in this verse, we, they said, it was, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And what I love about this passage is the way they phrase that. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know why? Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I don't want to. But it's important when we value things, sometimes we value them at different times. And I love when I'm surrounded by people that will hold me accountable to what I value and what I know is good for me, respite of what I feel like is good for me in this moment. Bedside assembly, y'all I'm talking about? Y'all need to trek back to Jerusalem. Come on, guys. We love you guys. Come on back to the house of God because it is good for you to be here with us. Can I get an amen? amen. See, even they told you. Okay, cool. Um, first thing I notice here is make it a priority. The second thing here in this passage, in this song that they're going to sing on their way back to Israel, this is just one of the 15 songs that grandpa or dad or mom or sister or brother would explain to them why this is so important that we do these types of things, is in verse 4. It says, all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. And they come and they give thanks to the, to the, in the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. They come and they give thanks. They come and they give thanks as the law requires them. My second point is give thanks. Now, if we're not careful, the culture of our home can lose the identity of giving thanks. And please understand, Dad, you want your kids to express appreciation. It starts with you. It's always easy to look at what someone else is not saying, or you aren't thankful for that food that I put on your plate. Were you thankful for it first? Did it come out of your lips? Did you display the character that you wanted them to have? It's culture, and we set a standard with culture. And so in this passage, it says that they all gave thanks to the, in the name of the Lord because the law requires it. God requires you to be grateful. In America, we are moving fast, and your schedule is moving faster, and you have to go, 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 and get to somewhere, and as soon as you get there, you have to go somewhere else, and the problem with going is you're never, you never arrive. This is why we drive fast, because we don't value where we are. We don't recognize the things that we have because the, the social media and commercials and, and everything is telling you what you don't have. I know what you, you, I know that you right now in this room know what you want. Do you know what you have? Do you know what you have that I wish that I would have? It's a requirement to give thanks. So we're going to practice it right now. Everyone in this room, 
Think right now of one thing that you have that you are so thankful that God has blessed you with. You got it? Now look at your neighbor and tell them what you are thankful for that God blessed you with. I'm going to tell you. You're going to look at me real quick. I am thankful for my thumbs. I'm super thankful. Imagine life without your thumb. It'd be really weird. What are you thankful for? Your friend? Which friend? Who? Perfect. Love you, man. I'm thankful for you also. Give thanks. Watch this, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back here. We threw this verse out there last week. 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul is talking about the will of God for your life. What is, what is God's will for my life? Let me simplify it for you really quick. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. What is God's will for you? To just be thankful. Display some kind of gratitude for something God is doing. We seldomly forget that we woke up today and have oxygen in our body. And there are people that are fighting for another breath right now in the hospitals. Families that are weeping and crying and we're enjoying and not realizing it. Stop and be thankful for all things in all circumstances. I know you're in a hard season. The season gets easier when you realize how blessed you are. Cool. One of the first things they did is they made priority in this passage. The second thing that they did is they made sure to give thanks in this passage. The third thing that I see that happens in this passage, I'm just pulling my ideas out of here, is they talked about the priority of judgment. Now, this is weird. They're singing songs about judgment. Judgment is not fun. It's not good. When you tell me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jail, or I did something wrong, or I'm going, like, I sinned, and I'm, like, I'm terrible. No, no, no. They sang songs celebrating judgment. And in this passage, in verse 5, he says, Here stand the thrones where judgment is given. In Jerusalem... This is where judgment comes. Friends, let me tell you something. The reason why judgment doesn't sound good, discipline is good for you. The, the Bible says that, that a, a, a good father disciplines his children. And if you don't love your kids, you don't correct them. This is what Hebrews teaches us. Now, why is that important? Because I need you to know that we're growing in a culture that resents rules. We don't like authority figures, and it starts oftentimes in the culture of the home. Watch this. Your kid gets his feeling hurt at school, and we blame the teacher. And then the kid then disrespects their teacher, and we wonder where it came from. It's culture. They learn it in us. Let me tell you who we honor. We honor teachers. We honor police officers. We honor military. We honor coaches. We honor presidents. We honor presidents. Why? Because you may not like them or whatever. That one's of the devil or this one's from the devil. Let me just show you a quick verse. It comes in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, everyone must submit to governing authorities for some authority. Wait, is that? No, hold on. Wait, let me read that again. All authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there. But wait a second. Ain't no way that dude, that teacher is jacked up. 
Sometimes God is putting people in your life to rub you the wrong way to see whether or not you'll be Christ. Remember, Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate and said, you wouldn't have authority to do anything you're about to do to me unless God gave it to you. So whatever you're about to do is what's going to happen. I just need you to know, like, we're celebrating those in authority over our life. I, I think about, like, rules and laws. You have to understand the people of Israel, in, in, in the Feast of, 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 of Weeks, they celebrated and sang songs about the Torah because they loved rules. We don't love rules, but rules are good. They're healthy for you. When you break rules, you get hurt. And so rules were set in place to help you. I'm not even just talking about this. Let's just talk about government rules, like speeding. Yeah, but no, 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 no. I don't like to drive the speed limit. You know what I mean? Like, I like to go fast, and I'm good at it. You know what's really hard about that? Read stories about other people that were really good at speeding and made a mistake, and they took someone's children from them permanently. I know you're really good at it, but when we break rules, it is destructive to people forever. It's bad for you and it's bad for us. When you're speeding, you're having a hard time celebrating where you are because you're in a hurry. Slow down, sing a song, and enjoy the journey. And that's what life is. It's not about where you're going. It's about where you are and that God is with you right now, right here in this moment. There are rules that are good for you. And here's the problem. When you break rules, though Jesus paid the ultimate price and he forgives you, there are penalties in your life that you will have to pay because you broke rules. And it will hurt you longer than you want to be there. I'll explain that one at another day because I'm out of time for that one. Judgment. Number four thing that stands out to me in this passage that's really cool and these songs that would be sung and then explained by friends and family members on the journey all the way to Jerusalem as we're walking. And this walk is miserable. And let's sing another song because that's what makes it better. Uh, And please know when life is miserable, Teresa said it earlier, you sing a song, you dance a little, and, and it's good. It's good for you. It's good for you to dance. There's power in prayer. Scripture says here that we should pray for the peace of Israel. Um, now, the Scripture says it, so it's important that you understand it. Israel's always been at conflict, and, um, but there is power in us focusing and praying for the protection of Israel. Please know that what's really cool is, like, I honestly believe with every fiber of my being that Lakeland, Florida, is the greatest place in the world. I, I believe it. I've been to 47 states. I've got to travel around the world. Uh, I love this place. I think it's great. But Israel, Jerusalem, is the center of the universe. It's where New Jerusalem will be established. And currently, most of all history comes from what's happened on like a few miles on the earth. Almost every major religion is based out of what happens in that little thing. There is so much history right there, but there's always conflict. And it says to pray for the peace of of, of Jerusalem. Now watch this. It says here in the same passage, may all who love Jerusalem prosper. And I think of America 
we're a weird country. Like we're out in the middle of nowhere and there's a lot of things that's wrong with our country. But one of the things that's made our country great, I believe, you can believe whatever you want. I don't think it's our technology. I don't think it's, it's how diverse we, ha- we are. I think it's that we're one of the only countries in the world that still fights to protect this little strip of land called Israel. And we do. We give them billions of dollars each year, and we protect them with our military. And there are some parts of the government that would like to, to like stop giving billions of dollars to this little piece of thing. And the moment we do that, it's going to be really bad for our country because the Scripture says it's important. Now, the Bible says that those that love Jerusalem prosper. I believe we have prospered as a nation because we have protected this little country that God favors. Now, let me show you how a way that I can prove that to you. Let me tell you a quick story. Y'all want to hear a story? I'm going to tell these guys over here because you guys are on. And Chino. And everyone. There is this... Um, in 2020, Teresa and I went to California to go visit some friends. And while we were there, we got to stop at a, at a, 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 like a church conference. They were like helping equip pastors to understand what, how to do their jobs better. I need to go to more of these things. You know? And um, so we were at this conference. And one of the things the pastor said is, um, hey, in our church, we started tithing towards Israel. And it transformed the welfare of our church. And prosperity started breaking out within our community like never before. What? He's like, I I challenge you guys to, with your tithe, to make sure that you guys give to Israel. Okay. So we as a church, we have five lanes of generosity that we do every month. And we want to make sure that that we are always trying to help create new ministries even within our church. Uh, One of the things that we give to every week is our next generation. We we give to the youth. Next week, you were going to showcase how awesome our youth group is. We love you guys. We believe in you. We think next week's going to be my favorite service. Looking at you guys is going to be awesome. The third thing is that we give to local ministry. So we always help them with the Dream Center or Blessings of Hope Food Pantry or all these different organizations, A Women's Choice in Lakeland. We try to give nationally to any like big crisis. Whenever there's a big tornado or hurricane that's happening across, we're there. We're like, you guys are already giving. We don't even have to say, I need you guys to give because we're, 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 we're there. Because you, you guys are generous. I'm thankful for that. The last thing we do is we give to the nations. We didn't know that we should be giving to Israel. So in 2020, in November, we got a challenge. And so we decided in December that we were going to start doing that. So January 1st, we wrote our first check to a church in, in Jerusalem. And that ministry is called King of Kings Ministries. And we sowed the seed there. It was the first time that we saw massive breakthrough in the, gen- in, in, in the generosity of giving within our church. Uh, we, saw, we went from like a $2,000 uh, um, excess of surplus in our church after we paid all of our bills to having $10,000 in a month. The next month was 12,000 and the following was 16. And since that day, we have not had less than $9,000 of surplus after we pay all of our bills since we started giving to Jerusalem. He says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all those who love Jerusalem will prosper. So if you want to know how to, here's a get rich quick scheme. I just want to let you know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, you should pray for, okay. There, there's power in prayer and we should be blessing and honoring the peace of Jerusalem. And it's really wonderful when I learn to pray, I'm going to say this quickly. I'm almost out of time. Uh, years ago, when I, I would sit with intercessors and people that knew how to pray, 
I'd sit with these old ladies and they would just cry out to God. You ever been in a room with people that, that go after the Lord? What I always realize is that intercessors, first of all, they're some of the most godly people on the planet and they always, play, they always pray against abortion and they always cover Israel. And those are two things that are close to the heart of God. You start doing that and God's gonna start giving you revelation. That's a, little, that's a little free nugget right there. It wasn't part of my notes. Free nugget. Let's take an offering. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't take offerings at the church, so thank you guys for giving. And we're getting close. Next week, we're gonna give you guys an update on what's happening with the building fund and uh, all the cool stuff that God's doing there. Uh, it's really cool. The last thing that I'm taking out of this note, out of this song that we would sing on our way back to Israel on one of the three journeys that we have because we're establishing culture and we're practicing things continually and I want to make sure that you guys have family meetings in your home and you're talking about the things that you value and the things that you want to see happen because it's the things that it, you, want to set, you want to set north. This is where we're going as a family. This is what we're doing. And you don't just say it out loud or in your own brain. You want to make sure there's accountability to the people in your family. So our, ki- our children hold us accountable. They, they, they tell dad when he's a jerk. And we do it in a table in a meeting. And they say, hey, that wasn't cool. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry. And I'll humble myself. Does this make sense? So this is how they did it on a journey. And this is the last thing that I'm pulling out of this. There is power in peace. Now, in verse 8 here, they're going to have this whole passage is going to move the theme to this. And it's going to be talking about peace. Uh, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, verse 6. Verse 7, O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. And I believe that when there's peace in the heart of your community... There is prosperity in, in the palace. What that means is your family is not your home, or your, your, your house is not your home. So I don't care how wealthy you get. If things aren't in order, there's all, you're, you're already a mess. You can have the nicest stuff, and it's all broken if things aren't right. And so what he's saying here is we want peace in the center, and everything else will thrive. We want peace in our church, and then our people will prosper. So we want this to be a place of unity, of love, of compassion, of humility. Because when there's peace here, there's prosperity there. Does that make sense? So then he says, for the sake of my families and friends, I'll say this. For the sake of my family and my friends, I will say, I hope you have peace. That's interesting. For, for my sake, I hope you have peace. What we're talking about is the conflict right now. That's really what he's, what he's saying is there's a battle that's going on, and sometimes it's in your home. Some of you have a war, some massive conflict that needs to get settled. You don't know why there's just arguing, always arguing, always arguing, always arguing. Here's why. Because you're trying to change them rather than love them. For my sake, I hope you're good. For my sake, I hope your war stops. I want you to see this. Ah, don't cry. Peace is what happens when the conflict ends. Peace is what comes when the war stops and there's, there's rest. You can let your guard down. We can't let our guard down in a place where we're not safe. And you're not safe when you're always trying to fight or defend yourself. Here's what you need to know. The people that are in your home or that are on your journey with, they're not your enemy. 
They never were. Stop trying to change them. You can't fix anybody. Jesus never tried to fix you. He accepted you as you were. And then because he loved me, I love you. It's, it's this, I, I received love and now I'm being changed. You got to know that Christ accepts you just as you are. You're going to have to accept people just as they are. And that's when the conflict ends. Stop fighting. Stop trying to correct each other. Just love the people that you're with. Accept them where they are because Christ is accepting many of us today right here in this room as you are. Um, he says, for, for my sake, I hope you have peace. And then he says this, for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. So I pray for peace. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament he, he wrote most of the New Testament, and he would write letters out to all of these different families and all these different communities. And in all these letters, more than 13 times, he either opened a letter or closed a letter or opened and closed a letter, wishing that people received peace. Now, what's so weird about that is that is not part of our culture at all. Peace. The reality is that if you don't have peace, everything you do happens out of commotion. It happens out of hurry. It happens out of insecurity. It happens out of, out of fear, out of conflict. We want you to rest. That's why God commanded his people to have Sabbath. So that you can, things are just, you just go, everything's down, everything's chill. Everything's, let, let's calm the storm. I pray peace over you. And that happens. So there's, there's two things that I know if, if you don't have peace today, there's two reasons. One, you're either in sin and the law of God is telling you you're doing wrong and you're fighting against what God wants to do in your life and it's killing you. Or there is something that God wants you to do and you won't give in. Meaning you're gonna try to do it your way, you're gonna try to do it your way, you're gonna try to do it your way, you're gonna try to do it your way. And that's really hard when he's just gonna say, you're gonna have to let me do it. I'll lead you. These two trying to fix this or trying to do it my way, peace comes in war. Watch this. When one surrenders. I want you to have peace. I need you to surrender. I need you to let go. I don't know what you're fighting on. I don't know what you're, what you're battling against. But I know that scripturally speaking, Jesus is the prince of peace. He wants to live in your heart. In fact, the scripture says that it's one of the fruits of the spirit living inside of you that you live and move and operate with peace. So Paul would say in all of his hellos and all of his goodbyes, I hope you have peace. I hope you have peace. Where's the war coming from? Does this make sense? And for my sake... I hope you have rest. So if you're mad at me, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. And that's what I love about Jesus is like, we were wrong and he took the punishment. Just stop giving someone else the blame. Just you be wrong for a second. Watch what happens. 
I had a conflict this week with someone, and I just realized, you know what? I don't even care. I'm sorry. It's my fault. It's my, it's my fault. And all of a sudden, everything was good. And it wasn't my fault. The other person was a jerk. It's my fault. It's okay. I did it wrong. Does that make sense? The person's not in the room right now. So that's it. I'm going to end with this, with, this, um, with this verse. It's in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can really understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. That about sums up everything I just said right there, right? So um, here's what you need to know. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for, for tuning in. We have to get better at making priority in our life. And more importantly, I, I need you to know that what I learned from the people of Israel is that it's not even necessary getting to church that is the important. It's the journey. It's, I care really a lot right now about your car ride home, about your lunch. And you guys talking about things that you want to see happen in your family, things that we need to become accountable for and apologize for doing. What is, the, what is the climate change that needs to take place in the parameters of our home that we need to discuss, that we care about, and we want to talk more about these things that matter to us? And know if you're single or you don't have kids, you're not exempt from this. You still have, have so many things that you want to make sure that you set priority in your life and you find accountability for. Would you all mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes with me? Thank you guys for coming. It's an honor to, to be here. Next week, we're going to have some better preachers in here. Trust me. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I'm going to be taking notes right there. Jesus, I thank you for what's happening in this room right here today. I know that there are some people that are struggling with depression, with anxiety, with shame, with a massive amount of frustration. And there's no, there's no rest. I pray for peace for them. So whatever it is we're trying to do that we can't seem to just trust you with, we give up. I'm gonna let go. And I just ask that you would lead us to what you want us to do better. I wanna operate out of a place of rest. And for those here right now that are in sin, that are doing things that are wrong and are not right with you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict them right now. Because that's creating a confusion inside of us. I pray, Lord, that your word would illuminate our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are telling many people in this room right now that they need to stop doing one thing. We repent of that sin right now as a people. We want to know what is righteous and pure and holy because that's what you value, God. And if you value it, we want it also. God, we as a people ask that you would forgive us and that you would cleanse us of all unrighteousness, that you would teach us how to trust you in all things, that you would teach us how to pray and pray for Jerusalem and pray for our church, 
and pray for our pastors and our leaders and our coaches and our teachers and our military and our presidents and our government. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would teach us how to be grateful, teach us how to laugh together, teach us how to honor one another, teach us how to make priority for you. We love you and we give you praise for moving in our lives. You are the best thing that's ever happened to us. And all God's people said, amen. Hey guys, as we close this time, it's super important to us that if you know that there are some things in your life that God is identifying as sin, there's some cards in your seat back pocket. Put your name on there and ask us to pray for you. And just put that card up here or put it in the offering box on your way out the door. Uh, we wanna pray for you as a prayer team. And also, if you're here today and you're struggling with anything in your body, in your mind, in a relationship or at work, there's gonna be some prayer partners down here that, that we, we wanna hold you up. We wanna see transformation take place. So we believe that there's nothing that God can't do um, and there's nothing that he won't do for those he loves. And he loves you. And so we believe God's gonna move right here today. I love you guys so much. Next week is gonna be the best service of the year. You're not gonna wanna miss it. It's gonna be awesome. Break dancing up in the church. It's gonna be cool. I love you guys. God bless you. See you week. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.